0: On the virtual Bible study tonight, we're going to talk about a couple things: society and the
1: church, and how they interact. Yeah, uh, of course, the, we want the church to influence society. I mean, that's what we hope to do. We hope to be a positive influence on the on the society that we are in. Shine as lights. That's what Jesus told us: to be salt in the in the world. But. The potential is, and, and I think a pretty obvious uh, evidence of it, is that the world influences the church, which is not typically a good thing, and we want to talk about that tonight. All
0: right, it's going to be an important discussion, and we might want to do a little self-examination on this topic as well. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study can we will get started right now.
2: one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting
0: study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June twenty fifth, two thousand and twenty. Thank you for being a part of the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwyn. My father, Greg Gwyn is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. Good to be with you. Kyle's here. Kyle, welcome again. It's good to be. I'm here. Glad that you're here. And we're excited that you're listening tonight, and you can help make the program better. It's very simple. All you need to do is sign in the chat room and share your comments there, or better yet, give us a call at 877-381-4567. The line's toll-free, and your voice can literally be heard uh, around the world tonight as we talk about important Bible topics, you always can help the program with those comments. And if you're listening in later on in the podcast version, you're saying, "Oh, I wish I could have commented," you can. You still can send us an email to questions at collegeu.com, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah. Uh, we've got some bumper stickers. Uh, maybe you're not driving much in these uh, pandemic days, but uh, you maybe hopefully will soon and uh, help get the word out with some bumper stickers.
1: We can do bumper stickers. We we ask you to uh, share uh, us on your social media uh, links and uh, tell people about the Virgin Bible Study. Let's build, let's build the, the Bible study group that way.
0: And they don't have to stick on your bumper. They can stick on your windshield. They can stick on your cubicle at work. Maybe on your lunchbox. We, we've
1: talked We've talked to people who put them on their, uh, Motorcycles uh, coolers, on their coolers, on their little oh, no, uh, tumblers. They're, they're little, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, okay. So, yeah.
0: But if you need one, let us know.
1: All right. Uh, so earlier today we sent to our update list these questions. Get on our update list. If you're not, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com so that you get our updates every Thursday about the topic for discussion. And here's what we said. In the area of morality, comment on how societal trends have impacted opinions about, we're going to talk about marriage, divorce, or marriage, modesty, homosexuality, same sex marriage, and any other area that you think might be pertinent. In the area of doctrine, comment on how societal trends have impacted opinions about right and wrong, about absolute truth, and about all sufficiency of God's Word. Mm hmm. Number three, in the areas of evangelism, comment on how social trends have impacted how churches do their work evangelistically. Number four, comment on how societal trends have impacted the way people worship and view worship. And number five, have societal trends produced any positive results? Okay. And if you think so, what are they? All right.
0: We'll look forward to your comments on that topic tonight. Well, certainly uh, we can see society influencing the church um, and... um, in some pretty scary ways, uh, we, we'll get into those. Uh, but uh, we need to, as we think about this, uh, we can talk about this a little bit a little bit later. We need to think about what's the remedy for some of this. And so, as so, so we're talking about these things, keep in mind: how do I prevent some of these negative things that we're we're going to be talking about tonight? Well,
1: you know, in First Corinthians fifteen, verse thirty-three, Paul said, "Evil companions corrupt good morals." And so, if if we make the people of the world our closest friends and and the people that we associate with most frequently, then that's going to wear out wear wear us down. And and so the trends of society will become the norms that we mold ourselves to. And so, while we're supposed to be a positive influence in our community, we already referenced what Jesus said in the Sermon on Mount Matthew five. Let's just read that. I mean, this this is this is the ideal. This is what Jesus wants. Uh, Matthew five thirteen. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt lost its savour, wherewith all shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So, if we're gonna do that, we're obviously gonna to have to be interacting with society. We can't just, we can't just become hermits. We can't just sort of, well, we're gonna go off and live in a, in a reclusive commune someplace and keep ourselves away from the world. We can't do that. We're obviously supposed to be interactive with the world and try to be the positive influence that Jesus described there as salt and light. But, having said that, we've got to be careful about being so freely associated with the world that we let them mold us to their image, and we become like them.
0: Yes, but there is going to be this societal push. But what it tells me is I've got to be committed to knowing what the Bible says and sticking with it, not allowing the society to impact or to determine what's right and wrong. The only way i know is the absolute standard of god's word and demanding that i have bible authority for all that i believe all that i do in my personal life and our life together as a church is making sure that i'm going back to the bible for everything i can't just say well it seems right to me that's the society that's going to be impacting me if i'm thinking like that hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip and if we're not holding on to the bible the current of the world and society is going to cause us to drift away from the, the truths of God's word, and so if I start to reason, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's okay. This is what even this is what the church is doing. This is what other Christians are doing. If I can't go back to the Bible, then I'm in I'm in very dangerous ground, and likely the society has already impacted me.
1: Yeah, let's jump ahead on our first question. I think the perfect illustration of that, Jacob, is in the area of morality how has societal how have societal trends impacted opinions about homosexuality and same-sex marriage many religions now are condoning homosexuality and almost same almost all i'd say a majority at least i, I don't know i don't know if that's... I I, I I wouldn't know this but a significant percentage at least of uh, certainly the, the the old mainline protestant re- denominations have all come out in favor of same-sex marriage and, and, and endorsed homosexual lifestyles. And and why would they do that when they when it wasn't that long ago that they didn't do that? 20 years ago, yeah. this wasn't happening. Yeah. Well, society has been impacted. The, the homosexual community has had a very aggressive agenda. The media has been compliant. Uh, and so they have pushed this. To the realm of normalcy. This is normal. This conduct is not unusual. In fact, the only only thing that would be abnormal is your objection to it. That's the way it's portrayed in the media, and that's the way uh, you know. That's the, the homosexuals have had a really, really effective pursuit of an agenda. I mean, there's just no denying that. And, and they've changed. They could, it really, in our lifetime, they have f- completely flipped the public opinion regarding homosexuality. Yeah. And, but now, look, because, the, because public opinion has shifted, now these denominations have shifted their position on these issues as well. And so I think there may not be a better example of how society and the trends in society have impacted religious thinking in America. Any more so than homosexuality and same-sex marriage. And again,
0: our society
1: is influencing
0: uh, religion. And it's influencing those who claim to be Christians. Just 20 years ago, you know, you know, you you would have 20 years ago, you said, you know, somebody is claiming that the Bible does that. Uh, the Bible is okay with homosexuality. Most religious people would have said, what, huh? And now. Society has confused things so much that religious people say, well, I think you're right. That that must be true. I've heard it so much. Because we don't go back to the Bible. We don't demand Bible authority for all that we do, believe, and practice. uh, And we begin to drift over time. And so uh, certainly it's very apparent.
1: All right. Let's look at a couple of emails we got. We got one from Dwight and Michelle in Ames, Iowa. And their response on the homosexuality question, homosexuality has also become society's normal. It's not God's normal, it's society's normal. So many people who practice or condone this lifestyle will surely be punished for their evil deeds. And then he references what probably is the most explicit condemnation of homosexuality in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32, which we've read many times in the Virtual Bible study. We won't take time to read that now. He also references Jeremiah 6:15. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. So, uh, uh, Dwight and Michelle comment that they, they agree that this societal norm is now creeped into religious thinking of many people and
0: we have to say we don't do we don't say this out of hatred or animosity uh we think it's a sin just like any other sin uh that will send one to hell there are a lot of heterosexual sins that are enumerated in the bible as well and we we preach against those but we believe the bible is very clear on that you talked about the agenda we had a program uh, about four years ago june 30th 2016 avoiding satan's agenda um, that outlined the agenda of the homosexual community very explicitly. And uh, this was back in the 80s, and it's very scary to see how that played out in our society and how it continues to play out. Uh, you might take a minute, if you haven't listened to that program, to check that one out from June 30th of 2016.
1: Okay. All right. Got an email from Paul. Uh, And he says, at one time, the Bible and the church had a strong influence in American culture. There was a strong moral consensus which helped shape morality. Now the Bible is much less respected, and all these issues are being constantly shifted by today's relative morality. I think that's the good expression. It's a relative morality. It's not absolute. It's relative. It's just what is it at the moment? He says, as people... Are not grounded in truth. Morality is whatever society now accepts. I yep. think he's right about that.
0: Yeah. Where's Paul emailing from tonight?
1: Uh, Paul is uh, in Washington.
0: Washington State. State, State of Washington. Right. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Good yeah. to hear from you tonight. Uh, Dwight in the chat room says, We allow sin, we accept, we tolerate, we practice, we sin. Uh, so uh, certainly society is having its influence
1: on us, and we've got to be aware of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kent in Georgia says, Compromise on the. Mor- Marriage, divorce, or marriage question is now bringing about compromise on homosexuality and same-sex marriage. We're going to talk about uh, marriage, divorce, or marriage here in just a minute. But he says, when we compromise on that, we're opening the door to compromise on the homosexual question. You, you've
0: made that point a lot of times, Jacob. Absolutely, absolutely. If we're going to be consistent, we've got to allow both. All right, uh, Dwight uh, says, when we look at what society has done with religion just in the last decade, we can see that things around have not, or things that have not gotten any better. If anything, they've gotten worse. Not that these sins haven't always been around, but they are much more open and prevalent. Uh, And that certainly is true. Marriage, she says, has been made into a mockery from what God intended it to be. Living together, having kids out of wedlock, premarital sex, are all now part of the society's norms.
1: Yeah. Uh, And he says divorce is considered the answer to any marriage problem with many people. And I think he's right about that. Uh, So... Uh, the, here here's the point this this is sort of the the idea that we had to develop our study around to, today and I think our, our responders are, are seeing it the way we are seeing it that the society, society has had a negative impact on us in in moral questions on, on what would have previously been a very simple question homosexuality same-sex marriage all religious people agreed about that. Not that long, or shortly uh, back in history, people would have agreed on that. But society decided to change that, and now uh, religious thinking people have changed as well. A negative impact of society. All
0: right. And we've talked about the only antidote to this problem is demanding uh, the Bible that we hold on to it. We cannot say, well, everybody's doing it, nobody thinks it's wrong. Even my Christian friends are doing it and think it's okay. We cannot do that. We have to stand on the absolute truths of God's word. We have to have those firmly rooted in our lives and basing every decision we make upon them because our society is leading folks away from God, and it's leading, sadly, Christians away from God. Uh, We see it uh, uh, on a regular basis, unfortunately, and we've got to stand against that. We're going to get a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion on morality. With marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk some more
1: about that. And and you're going to throw modesty into the mix. Yeah, and let's talk about, I think that may be also a very, very clear area where society has a tremendous impact on the church. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this.
2: You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages.
0: Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again.
3: Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs)
0: And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that television magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8, WSIN.
1: I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Here's some quotes worth pondering. One cannot think crooked and walk straight. If you really want to be happy, always try to do what's right. The time is always right to do what is right. Man, wish I'd said that.
2: Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back
0: on the program tonight as we talk about society's impact on the church. uh, What's the impact been in the area of morality? And it has been very, very vast and very drastic, the changes that have occurred in just recent memory uh, in accepting things that were not accepted that the scriptures don't accept because society has moved in a certain direction and uh, the church and Christians have sadly gone along with
1: it. Kent in Georgia mentions on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. He says the the New Testament teaching on marriage, divorce, and remarriage is very clear. Matthew 5.32 and Matthew 19.9, one woman, one man for life. The only exception for divorce and remarriage is fornication by the guilty party, the only partner, and the only one only those who are innocent have the right to obtain a divorce from the guilty partner and remarry. When a remarriage takes place, it must be to a qualified marriage partner. Now, that's that's a real simple summary, I think, and an accurate one of, of the New Testament law on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. It wouldn't have been that long ago that people would have understood that to be so. Now, if you taught that, People would think that you came out of uh you know uh, like like you're an, uh, a space alien or something because nobody understands that to be the the the, the prevailing law of God on marriage for marriage and and churches have just completely rolled over on that oh yeah uh you, you could and and really. It's hard to find a church that will take a stand on marriage divorce. They don't even talk about it anymore. They don't even ask the question anymore. They've just completely given over to that.
0: Yeah, it, you wouldn't even have to have find anybody that was all that uh, strict religiously in the old days to say, well, you know, that's not a good thing to divorce
1: your spouse and marry another. And now churches are promoting it and saying yeah. it's great. I can remember as a young person that divorce it was a shameful thing to be divorced and we had family relatives who got a divorce and they were actually innocent in the matter but they were still ashamed that it had taken place you know that 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 was a a factor in their life story now there's no shame attached to that at all you know it's just normal everybody does that and
0: again it's not what society says about whether it's shameful or not the scriptures say it's shameful they say that uh, it's not permitted uh, it's not acceptable to God, and yet, uh, well, churches are teaching that it is acceptable to God because churches have been impacted by society. Yeah. All
1: right. All right, so uh, we talked about a couple areas, and I think we could probably expand this list. We talked about homosexuality, same-sex marriage, marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Here, let's talk quickly about another area where society has had a bad impact on us, and that's got to be in the area of modesty. Yep. And so clothing trends obviously happen and but now because of modern media these these fashion trends get get advertised you know in, you know all over the place and so especially young folks but uh, i got to say we went we went to a ball game the other night and there were some old people there who were disgustingly dressed i mean you, you, i mean i just would have thought anybody had better sense than to do that but i mean just from a common sense point of view but i mean the the powerful influence of society on modesty causes people to dress in in immodest ways even when that makes them look terrible You know, uh, I I have called it before the Britney Spears effect. Now, Britney Spears is not too popular pop star anymore, but she, she was very, when she was popular, she was very immodest. And you, and, and young girls tried to dress like her. And you'd go to the Walmart store and you'd see these young girls dressed that way. They didn't have the physique to do it even from a common sense point of view. But they would dress that way when it made them look bad they would have been attractive if they were probably d- properly dressed but when they exposed themselves so immodestly they looked horrible but the influence of the society was so strong that it caused them to dress that way even when it was not uh, not to their advantage from a worldly point of view let alone a, a, a moral point of view and so i think that just illustrates how strong The societal influence is on modesty, and and people are going to follow those trends regardless. And
0: the church moves along with it, and sadly Christians do as well. Uh, Some strong teaching on modesty can get you run out of certain churches today. Oh, yeah, exactly right. Uh, Because people don't want to hear it because, well, you know, it's just whatever. I want my kids to fit in. It's how everybody else is dressing. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with it, Kyle. You know, well, it's uh, uh, hot. This uh, may be
3: stepping on some toes out there, but sometimes when it's an elder daughter who's doing that, yeah. it's like, well, you know, I can't tell her no. I mean, this is or a deacon's daughter somebody who or is. Or the preacher's oh, daughter. Yeah, Absolutely. So it's at that aspect turns into, you know, well, if you want to stop them on modesty. If they start sinning, if they have, uh, if they divorce and remarry, are we gonna? I mean, it starts. It's like a gateway. It's, yeah. it's a gateway sin. Okay, <laughs> we so, talking about gateway drugs. This is like so a gateway like, sin. Yeah, so if you turn your eye, if you just say, "Well, I can't," I'm just not going to look at that you now. But. What else are we going to turn our blind eye to? So. Exactly right. And,
1: and I got to tell you on that, I think you make a great point. What, if the leadership of local congregations can't get it right on modesty, you, you're not going to expect anybody else to get it right either, probably. And
0: again, that's as you mentioned, Kyle. That's one of the more basic issues. I mean, if it, it, that's that one doesn't have too many life-changing implications, and if we're not willing to make any kind of stand on that. Are we going to be willing to make a stand on the more difficult issues? Yeah. Uh, Dwight says it's very difficult to go in any public place without seeing nakedness, even in the churches getting more worldly-like. Thank you, Dwight, for that that comment tonight. Is that in the chat room? That's in the chat room. And
1: on his email, he said, I wish I could say society has gotten better, but it's only become worse and worse, even among Christians, both men and women. We see how society has changed their view on how they should dress. Some people who stand in the pulpit have become milk toast in the way of teaching just to avoid this issue of modesty. We can see by not teaching on this that society is winning the battle. I'm sad to say I think that is a true analysis. And Kit
0: chimed in saying society has had a negative influence on modesty, individuals' desire to use society itself rather than New Testament principles unfortunately brethren at times have no problem of looking like those in the world well that's the sad truth and uh, but we appreciate uh, the comment tonight
1: we're gonna have to move on but i asked just in summary on that m- morality question jacob i asked to our update list are there any other areas where you see major changes due to society's influence and kent said in other areas there is compromise regarding participation in dancing mixed swimming Viewing R and even X-rated movies as well as other recreational activities. Recreational drinking and drug usage is now viewed as acceptable activity. Mm. I think he's right about that. Yeah. I mean, and again, what's shocking is this would not have been true just a few decades ago. All religious people would have spoken out against these things.
0: You know, if you're, we talk about going back in the archives. We've talked about this before, and I, I don't know what program it was. So just look up the Hayes movie code, H A Y E S movie code, uh, and it was, or the, it was. I think I also used it for television. The standards that they had for television when television first began, and the movies were first beginning. Read those standards, and these are people in the world that were establishing those standards, and and ask yourself if you can find any. Television program or movie that would meet those standards today, even the so-called family programs. Yeah. That's how far we've drifted, and we have gone. Uh, sadly, and, and Christ, Christians, accepted it. Christians have gone along with it, and they're watching that, allowing their families to watch that stuff. Uh, has has the, the the society
1: impacted us? Absolutely. Check that out. I, I know I've probably told this story before on the Virtual Bible so I remember as a boy, when my, the first time my dad. Thought that he heard a cuss word on TV, it wasn't, he wasn't—he wasn't a hundred percent sure. But he, you know what he did? He jumped up, went to the telephone, and called the local television station to register his complaint. He thought a cuss word had been aired over the television channel. Well, now, I mean, you—you you wouldn't have time to be on the phone every time you heard a cuss word. Yep. 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 Absolutely. All right,
0: um, Lou says, and he's uh, in the chat room. He says another example of how society has changed things, not for the better. Centuries ago, modest uh, would have been showing only your ankle. Now, modesty would not be showing a bare breast. So that's how it's changed today. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So where are our
1: standards? You know, I, I, and I was saying this might be, and we don't have time to do it tonight. But this this would be an interesting thing to pursue. I mean, there is some cultural influence in regards to clothing. Yeah. That is not necessarily bad. For, for instance, as men today, we wear slacks. Jesus didn't wear slacks. Jesus wore a robe. Uh, you know, we, we, I think slacks are modest. I mean, properly fitting slacks are modest, and, and, they, and they conceal a person's nakedness. Uh, they would have been out of place in the first century Judea. That's not how people dress. Their culture said dress in long robes. Ours says dress in modest slacks.
0: There's (laughs) some places today where you would want to dress in a in a long robe. uh, In certain cultures today, to to not be immodest, perhaps.
1: Yeah, Uh, uh, in, uh, in Scotland, a man could wear a skirt, and people wouldn't bat an eye if you wore a skirt. If a man wore a modest skirt, in America today it would be an outrage. Do you know that from first-hand experience? No. Okay, good. But I'm just saying, culture does play an, an a factor mm-hmm. in the clothing question, but the, stand, the principles of modesty and concealing nakedness are age-lasting. Got to go back to the standard, that
0: absolute truth, Kyle. We keep, keep
1: talking about it, but we keep coming back
0: to it. The only way we're going to know what God wants us to do is by the, referencing that absolute standard. Uh, if we're going by anything else, what I think is right, what even what the church says is right, we're not going to be pleasing to God many times because society's had such an impact.
3: Yeah, which, I mean, we could probably call off our program and we just say, you know, follow the Bible and let that be it. But, you know, which we have to keep reminding ourselves, reminding people who listen that the Bible is our only guide. So it's just, so it's. Yep, yep, uh, that's right, Kyle.
0: I mean, that, that this is just a, a graphic illustration of the need for uh, for the Bible in our lives.
1: All right. Let's grab a break, and then when we come back, let's talk about how d- views of doctrinal things have changed. Ooh, Okay, so not only in
0: areas of morality, but also in areas of doctrine. Uh, certainly, society has had its impact, and, uh, and we want to talk about that. We want to get your comments. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that
2: mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this.
1: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. When the Apostle Paul found himself in ancient Athens, he encountered the philosophers for which the city was famous. They congregated constantly and, quote, spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing, unquote. Acts 17, verse 21. It seems they were motivated more by curiosity than by true conviction. There are still people who love to hear some new thing. They are constantly looking for some new twist on a religious subject. Their interest is not in learning, quote, the way of God more perfectly, unquote, Acts 18, verse 26. Rather, theirs is, quote, a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, unquote, 1 Timothy 6, verse 4. The serious student of the Bible will realize that able minds have been studying the inspired word for thousands of years. Certainly many have reached erroneous conclusions, but faithful brethren have also discovered the great truths and fundamental essentials of his message. In the process, these sound minds have done a thorough job of exposing doctrinal error. It is difficult to imagine that there is some critical bit of information that has not yet been mined from the Scriptures. That being the case, we ought not to approach our study of the Bible with the assumption that the faithful ones who have gone before us have somehow missed it, Instead, it seems reasonable to think that they have done a worthy job of discerning the truth, and we should not carelessly dismiss their efforts. We must always imitate the noble Bereans in, quote, searching the scriptures, unquote, Acts 17, verse 11, to see if the things we believe are true, but we must be careful not to be, quote, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, unquote, Ephesians 4, verse 14. Those who want to hear some new thing need to realize, as we have often said, if it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
3: Hello, I'm Nick Law from
0: Jennings, Florida. I love to listen to the virtual Bible study and hear God's Word talk
1: every Thursday night.
2: We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the
0: program. We're back on the program tonight, and we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. TheVirtualBibleStudy.com or com is the website address to use to check out where we meet and our times of meeting. Uh, we want to hear from you. If you have any questions, questions at com is the email address you can use to contact us at any time with your questions or comments. We're talking about society's impact on the church tonight uh, it certainly has had its impact in areas of morality, sadly, uh, simply because we've allowed the, the society that we live in to be the standard rather than God's Word, and uh, certainly it has had an influence in areas of doctrine as well.
1: All right, so in areas of doctrine, I suggested views of right and wrong, uh, views of, as, as to whether there's absolute truth, views as to whether the Bible the, is, the Word of God is all sufficient, uh, and. Uh, there we, we've got a, uh, a, a trends, tracking the trends uh, break coming up. And so this information is going to be repeated in that. But I found this from CBN News. Only 43% of those surveyed who identify as born-again Christians. So you would think these were relatively conservative religious folks. You think right?
0: so, yeah. They weren't, uh, sort of, they weren't just born into it.
1: Only 43%. Embrace the notion of absolute truth among born again Christians only forty three percent. Yeah, forty three percent. Yeah, less wow. than half of born again Christians. And you know, we think that's a redundant, silly kind of expression. <laughs> yeah. to, but uh, those are typically people that you view would view as more religiously conservative than others. But even they don't even think there is such a thing as absolute truth. Sad,
0: sad. Well, certainly our society has beat that into school children's head
1: and and uh well you think about it that that's a pretty convenient view absolutely truth is really relative to the circumstance that i'm in so go back to the marriage divorce or marriage question well if you knew the bad marriage i was in you would understand why it's okay for me to get a divorce and marry somebody else yeah and so it's not it's not cut and dried you know kent there in his email. He made it sound so cut and dry. It's not so cut and dry when you know my circumstances. Yeah, come on, Ken. How, how can you be so absolute about that? That's the way people, I mean, so the idea that there's no absolute truth is a pretty convenient it's thing an, to fall it,
0: back to. It's an easy way to get some wiggle room. Yeah. You know, if, 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 yeah. I, if I bump into something the Bible teaches I don't like, well, eh, that's not for every time. You know, there's some, Things have changed. No. I don't have to listen to that. Now, who's to say what's right and what's wrong?
1: and and this also ties into to the view that the bible's an old book it was written it was written long 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 time ago to people who lived in a whole different place a whole different time Yep. it's we got to adjust to the modern age Lighten up man and so you know that that affects how people view right and wrong and absolute truth and uh Society's that way. Society has led in that you know sort of situation, ethics, uh, anything goes kind of rationale, and now religious people have just followed right along. I, I my view on it is that in in regards to these things, typically religious folks are not at the cutting edge of such innovation, but they're not far behind. They they allow themselves to be dragged along. And I think for even those of us who view ourselves to be very conservative religious people, we got to be careful that we're not drug along with these societal trends, these views concerning morality and doctrine, right and wrong, absolute truth. The world is going the wrong direction on that stuff. We've got to be careful it doesn't influence us. Absolutely. 877 uh, 381
0: If you'd like to jump in the conversation tonight, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, here's what uh, Dwight said about that. He said, society has twisted moral views on allowing people to think that they were born a homosexual or transgender. Even God-fearing denominationalists have accepted this lifestyle they, where they once stood against it. They changed, not God's word. God says this, were, this lifestyle is an abomination. They will surely be punished uh, away from the presence of the Lord. That is absolute truth. Leviticus eighteen twenty-two, Leviticus 20, verse 13. Those are Old Testament passages. that right? I would warn you about that. But we can reference New Testament passages like um, Romans chapter 1 and other passages as well. All, all, as for the sufficiency of God's word, people have humanistic viewpoints uh, uh, to where they choose their direction. Jeremiah 10, verse 23. And they also feel there is no right or wrong. It's like a Burger King church, have it their way. And he references Isaiah 5, 5 verse 20. What are those who call evil good and good evil? Who put light for or darkness for light and light for darkness? Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter? And so Dwight says, you know, people are. I like that uh, that Burger King religion kind of thing. I said, you know, I'll do it the way that I want to do it, and I'll do what makes sense to me, what seems right to me. When you do that, when you when you say, well. It seems right to me, or this is what I think is right, or this makes sense to me. What you do is you don't uh, you don't bring yourself up to God's standard and God's level. What you do is you bring God down to your standard and your level. You have a God that's no bigger than you, that's no smarter than you, who has no more no more wisdom than you do. Uh, when you do something like that, it certainly is uh, a very foolish position. Uh, that's, to
1: take. A, that's a good way to put it, I think. Uh, Paul in Washington State says, Many base their views of doctrine on what they hear in popular religion not on their own convictions based on Scripture. They do not want to be seen as narrow or legalistic. Sincerity alone makes everything okay.
0: Oh, Joel uh, Osteen says it. I, you know, I, don't want to, I wouldn't want to go against that. So if he said it, it must be okay. Yeah, and I don't want to be judgmental.
1: Yeah, right. So I, I think Paul's
0: right. Okay. Uh, uh, here's what Kent said. In the area of doctrine, the truth has been compromised in the areas of right and wrong. Many brethren today do not understand that we must have Bible authority in everything we do. Colossians 3.17, 2 John, verse 9. Uh, when a concept is true, such is absolute and unchangeable. There's no middle ground or gray area. Society has blinded many on this point. And so uh, uh, Kent says, you know, uh, people have, have sort of lost the idea of the idea of right or wrong. And then he got into that area of absolute truth also.
1: Yeah, Brian in California says, I believe societal trends and social mores have carried us in a direction of revisiting and editing critical doctrinal teachings to the point of abandonment. We are simply ignoring a great many of them in our pulpits. We don't condemn the wrong as we should. Why is that? The accusation is often one of being too judgmental or perhaps being only interested in the sins of others when seeking doctrinal preaching on a seldom discussed subject. Mm. A few years back, I had a young preacher tell me to my face that he doesn't preach on the subject of hell anymore because, quote, it just doesn't work, unquote, in getting people to respond affirmatively. I was nearly speechless. he says, talk about a dog that won't hunt. That position, I, I agree, is a dog that won't hunt. Those hearing Peter were convicted in their hearts in Acts 2. If we are never confronted with our state of sin, how can we ever begin to repent and become converted? Exactly right. Very good, Brian. Well said. I
0: appreciate that, Brian. And Yeah, so maybe society hasn't influenced the church where we are into accepting certain things, but all society has to do is get the church to shut their mouth and not teach against certain things. And the same effect is accomplished.
1: Yeah. So we're not teaching on those things. So we're not salt and light in the world. But, you know, the other side of that coin is we're not teaching on those things. So we're bringing up a generation that is ripe to be carried away with the societal trends because they never heard any different anyway from our pulpits from our Bible classes, from our parents who have the Amen primary role in teaching their kids. If the parents never tell their kids what's right and wrong, then you can expect that we're raising a generation that will just go right with the societal trends. We've
0: got to ground our young people on the the principle we've been talking about all night. you got to know the Bible, and you've got to stand on the Bible, and you got to allow it to affect your life, or else there you go. You're drifting away. Uh, with the world,
1: and, and just finally, we we mentioned what about the view of the all sufficiency of God's word? And Kent said, "The word of God is uh, uh, the word of God, being all sufficient, is our only standard of authority. Not a popular preacher or a prominent local church, not a publication, if a." concept or practice cannot be proven by biblical statements implications and examples it is unauthorized and therefore sinful yeah i think you're exactly right kent uh but we're not hearing a lot of that about absolute truth about demanding you know uh, we often say book chapter and verse we should demand book chapter and verse kind of preaching in other words don't, don't tell me what you think show me from the scriptures that this is true don't just don't just preach your opinion or you think so Back it up with Scripture. You know, speak where the Bible speaks. Be silent where the Bible is silent. All that sort of thing is necessary, but that's not that's not very very commonly practiced anymore.
0: So if uh, the preacher gets up on Sunday morning and he's primarily quoting what human writers have said or, or human scholars, so to speak, have said, rather than referencing God's Word as a standard, perhaps that's an indicator uh, that the church that we attend has... Maybe drifted away from the the truths of God's word and no longer believes that God's word is all sufficient and maybe has allowed society to impact
1: that. Yeah. All right. Let's summarize real quickly. We've talked about how the society has certainly negatively impacted us on moral conduct, not just the society, not just affecting the people of the world, but affecting people within the church. People in the church are being moved away from strict moral standards Certainly, we see that happening about in doctrine as well. So, in morals and doctrine, society is hurting us bad. We're being the the church is being carried away by these negative societal trends, and it it, it's a bad thing that we need to be aware of and on guard against. All right,
0: let's get a break, and that'll give us a little bit more time on the other side to get back to a couple. So, well, we got three more topics tonight. How it's in fact influencing us in the area of evangelism, how society's influencing us in uh, the way that we worship, and then uh, maybe some positive results. I don't know. It's it sounded pretty pretty grim, but maybe someone has some positive things that uh, that you see society influencing the church on. Let us know about that. Uh, we'd love your comments, and during the break uh, we'll get them. And uh, on the other side, don't go anywhere. We're back right after this.
2: Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this
3: commercial. When you take away the ice cream socials, the family center, the gym, the fellowship hall, and the plays from your church, what do you have left? Is there anything of real spiritual substance? Is there anything that says this is all about God and not all about me? At the College View Church of Christ, we want to stay focused on the goal of serving God. We don't offer what most churches offer, but we do offer Jesus Christ and Him crucified, If that's what you're looking for, come worship with us this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ.
1: We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A recent survey found that belief in absolute moral truth rooted in God's Word is rapidly eroding among all American adults, whether churched or unchurched, within every political segment and within every age group. Shockingly, only 43% of those surveyed who identified as born-again Christians still embrace absolute truth. So where are Americans looking for truth? Those surveyed used their inner certainty, 16%, scientific proof, 15%, traditions, 5%, or public consensus, 4%, as the means of knowing truth. 5% said that there is no such thing as truth. That information is via CBN News. The Word of God says in Proverbs 14, verse 16, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident.
2: And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians three
0: seventeen. Now back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, going to the top of the hour, talking about society's impact on the church. And it has been uh, very drastic, sadly, uh, and we need to be fighting against it. Uh, you ask about evangelism. It's affecting the way we evangelize? What's up yeah, with that?
1: Yeah, I ask. In the area of evangelism, comment on how societal trends have impacted how churches do their work. Uh, let's just look at some of our emailers. Kent says, in the area of evangelism, societal trends have promoted three dangerous viewpoints. One, that all sincere religious people are in a saved condition because of their sincerity and do not need to be taught the gospel. Two, Becoming so overly zealous in attempting to present the truth regarding the plan of salvation in the New Testament church that other areas of Bible truth are compromised, such as the autonomy and independence of the New Testament local, local New Testament church. Many believe that the church is its universal extension. Many believe that the church and its universal extension is a collective functioning until that needs to be activated, unit that needs to be activated. They come up with works larger than the local church and place them under the local eldership. Such turns elders of local churches into brotherhood or regional elders for which there's no authority. So his point there, just to sort of boil that down. In other words, we gotta get we gotta preach the gospel. Therefore that's all that matters and how we do it, it doesn't matter how we do it. Okay? Right, right. So that's that's a bad that's a bad trend. And finally, developing human institutions or parachurch organizations to accomplish the work that God has assigned to the local church. So he's saying, uh, as, as we have abandoned absolute truth and Bible authority, uh, even among conservative people, they've said the end justifies the means. Whatever it takes to get it done, let's do it whether that means a, uh, an unscriptural sponsoring church arrangement, an, uns, uh, an unscriptural missionary society, or a parachurch. He calls it a parachurch organization. So, yeah, I think Kent's right on that. I like what Paul said. Here's what Paul said out in
0: Washington State. In many cases, churches try to make church fun and draw a large crowd rather than teaching that we're all lost without Christ.
1: Yeah. You know, we, we've we talked plenty of times in the Virgil Bible study about I mean, we we get the news out of Nashville here. We're not that far from Nashville. And so some of the big denominational groups in Nashville advertise indoor fireworks on the 4th of July, uh, indoor bull riding during the worship services, you know, that sort of thing. It's all to draw a crowd. Whatever it takes, draw a crowd. Get the numbers. Do you know how shameful that is to God that you think the Bible
0: isn't good enough? That you've got to bring in fireworks and bull riding to try and get people to come to the Lord. Do you realize what an insult and a slap in the face that is to God when you say that His gospel is not powerful enough? That that is that's scary.
1: So that you draw them in with whatever carnal appeal you can offer. You draw them in, and then and then maybe I suppose the justification is: well, we'll drop a little gospel on them while we got them here. Yeah. I don't know. how many, I don't, uh, It's pretty hard to imagine how after watching bull riding, I'm in the mood for a lot of gospel preaching. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure that's the, the justification. But again, it's the end justifies the means, whatever it takes to get the numbers. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for your comment tonight, Paul. Uh, and then uh,
0: here's what Dwight said. He said um, churches and denominations do as they please. We see this in the absence of authority of God's word. People will use all sorts of gimmicks for teaching people the truth. They choose to teach people the plan of God in a way that goes beyond what is written. Also, for the work of the church, some feel they can't teach against homosexuality, divorce, remarriage, or abortion and fear they will offend people. 2 Timothy 3, verses 4, or verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. A lot of itching ears getting
1: tickled out there today uh, in the world that we live in. Uh, and in the chat room, we've got a comment from the Horweth. Uh, it says, Walking the Christian path is not the easy path, because he, he quotes uh, from Matthew seven fourteen: Narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Are we willing to put in the effort to be transformed from this world? Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Unless we implement the effort laid out in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, we will be overtaken by Satan. I think that's a good observation. Thank you very much for it that. It does
0: take effort. And that's the thing. We're talking about societal trends. We're going against the grain here. We're going, we're swimming upstream this is not uh, a passive activity kyle i just lay back and well i'll just go with the flow well that's going to go in the wrong direction
3: no i think we need to step back and just see the all-sufficiency of the gospel that god has the plan was there when he's especially for the church it's simple keep it it's simple like you know you the church comes together to worship to be together to worship and uh, evangelize benevolence but if you put if you have a fellowship hall, you're wondering where we'll get, get past the service. we got to go eat after service. You know, We have to get done with the service. We have to go play basketball in the parking lot. We have to play. We have to do whatever we have to. We just to get past the service to get to it. Yeah. So yeah. I just think God has, it was right the first time. I, Which,
1: I, I knew one time a few years back where the, one of the local denominations had, had a pretty nice gymnasium and had a really good basketball league that played there. And kids wanted to be on one of those teams, but you had to attend X number of Sundays out of, you know. Oh, of, eligibility? Yeah, yeah, you had to be there like three out of ten Sundays or you couldn't play. Oh, wow. Isn't <laughs> well, that crazy?
0: Yeah. You know, we were on the radio, I think you were there that day, Dad, in Nashville when we were asking you, where's your authority for for all of this stuff you're, you're bringing in, you know, the gymnasium and so forth. And this guy called up, he, he literally said, he said, well, it's a short walk from the gymnasium to the sanctuary. In other words, don't don't bring them in with, hey, you're going to hear the gospel, the life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Bring them in with a basketball, and they'll get thirsty playing, and they maybe go down the hall to get a drink of water, and they might make the wrong turn and end up in the sanctuary. We might be able to slip a little
1: gospel in on them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for crying out loud how far we've allowed society to drift us. And you know what's interesting is that it's a failed endeavor. It's a fool's errand. It's yeah. not working you're, yeah. uh, because when when churches were growing rapidly if if you go back to the restoration movement in america in the mid 1800s they would have revivals that would last for weeks on end hundreds even thousands would be baptized into christ they weren't they weren't getting that job done by offering them indoor bull riding right uh in fact, what's kind of interesting, if you do a little research, you'll find out that there are some even denominational authors who are saying that the youth group movement and all of that stuff has been a mistake. And that we're raising a bunch of people who have no spirituality whatsoever. Yeah. And so it's 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 not working. No, it isn't. And we shouldn't expect it to work. I mean, again, it's like we're ashamed
0: of what we really need to be promoting here uh, well we've got to be teaching the gospel uh, let's try and cover it up a little bit let's try and slip it in the back door here uh, let's, do, really let's take scary.
1: Jacob before we run out of time let's take the next step and say how what, what, how's this affected the views of worship and we've kind of overlapped pretty that pretty close we've yep. kind of overlapped that here's
0: what Paul said popular worship all too often wants to appeal to youth with loud music and touchy-feely sermons with very little Bible
1: I like that observation touchy-feely sermons with very little Bible uh, who, who are the popular speakers? Well, it, it's not people who are digging deep into the scripture. It's people who are telling funny stories, entertaining the audience. Uh, and, and there's no condemnation of sin, and there's no strict teaching on, on morals and doctrine, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, so I think he's right. Touchy-feely uh, sermons. And this, and, and, I've never been to one. I got to confess, I've never been to one of these new contemporary worship services, you know. But I've seen them. I've seen videos of them, you yeah. know. And it's it, it, for all the world it looks like a rock concert. It Looks like a lot of fun to me. It looks like fun for a young person, but it looks like it doesn't look like a church service. It looks like a rock concert. Yeah, it does. You know, the band is up there beating it out. You know, uh, uh, fog machines and strobing lights, and yeah. it's it's a big production. Yeah. But it's it's clearly an entertainment venue. Uh, yeah.
0: Societal trends, according to Kent, have caused many to view worship as a period of entertainment. They expect preachers to entertain them by after-dinner speeches and want elders of local churches to provide them with a, quote-unquote, holy wow at all assemblies. Uh, thank you for that, Kent. Uh, certainly uh, we see that in our society today.
1: And Dwight and, and his wife Michelle are out in Iowa, and they mention... They tie this to the coronavirus. Interesting. We have seen in these past few months how society has changed the worship with coronavirus. Partaking of the Lord's Supper when we don't gather together. Virtual worship versus coming together. They think that it's okay not to worship because there's a virus around. People also think that worship is foolish or a waste of time. So why do it? They also feel they don't need to participate or to take the Lord's Supper every week. Maybe only on Christmas or Easter. Or they feel that using instruments or having a band is better than singing and making melody in our hearts to God interesting and uh, you know uh, they uh, Dwight makes an interesting observation there people's devotion to truth and bible authority has been exposed in during this coronavirus business you know do we only do do we only do things according to scriptural pattern if it's our tradition if it's our tradition and there's and there's no other prevailing influence but if there's if there's if there's any complicating factor we're willing to throw throw that out with you know uh, right away.
0: Well, Eric has signed in the chat room tonight. Uh, he says he references Psalm 34, verse three, for the Word of God is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. <laughs> we need to we need we need to be standing on that. But he does he does conclude. He says, "If you get on a bull, he's going to be on the front
1: pew. That <laughs> yeah. it might bring in Eric. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, don't hold your breath, Eric. Do not. It, hold it'll your be breath. a short yeah, yeah. show if he gets on a bull. I'll tell you that
0: much right now. All right." Uh, so any positive
1: results okay the last thing that we wanted to talk about uh, and this has been we've been real negative I got to admit we've been real negative in, in, in this whole process you know morals and doctrine, how we do evangelism, how we view worship all uh, all of those things and probably a ton more that we could add to that list have been negatively impacted by societal trends. We're in bad shape uh, as a whole. We are into even among conservative churches. We are in bad shape. The the world is influencing us terribly and in bad ways. So, but I had a thought: Have societal trends produced any positive effects? Uh, if so, what are they? Well, uh, let's read. Uh, I, I've got a thought on that, but let's read our
0: email. This I got first. a thought on it too. It goes along with what we talked about last week. Uh, Dwight says society always seems to change things to make it better seems to try to change things to make it better God's word does not need changed fixed repaired or improved upon if God's word it is God's word that will save mankind from their sins Galatians 1 8 through 10 states but even if we are an angel from heaven preaching any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you let him be accursed as I have said before so now I say again if anyone preaches any gospel to you than what you have received let him be accursed and then verse 10. For now, do I persuade men or God, uh, or do I seek to please men? If I, for if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. As for the denominations, their rec centers, bands, potlucks, etc., it might bring in more people, but overall, they're still lost. He says. Okay.
1: Thank you, Dwight. Kent says, no, no positive effects. When individuals look to society for positive results rather than the New Testament of Christ, they will be gradually led in the wrong direction. There may be some things in which society accomplishes that are not sinful and would be right actions. However, because society engages in such actions is not what makes such right. They are right because they are authorized by the word of God and society just happens to be going along with it. Uh, That's a good observation. In other words, so... Let's say that people are less likely to commit murder than they were 200 years ago. You know, in the wild, wild west. I mean, they everybody shooting them out. everybody packed a six gun on their hip, and at at, at the slightest provocation, they they they'd shoot each other. Yeah. We don't do that so much anymore. There's there's a lot of shooting going on, I guess, but it's not like it was then. Yeah. So society has kind of moved away. We you know we kind of moved away from all that gunfighting in the street. Yeah. But that's the. Uh, it was, that's a good thing, but it's not. It, it, that's not because the society says it is, because God's word says we should be peaceful people. So that's. The, I think that's the point Ken's making.
0: Well, here's what Paul said. Possibly some good in that people are less likely to accept traditions. It is good to ask questions, which is a good opportunity to open the Bible and give Bible answers. And so maybe the fact that society is questioning things now gives us an opportunity to do some teaching. Paul says.
1: And I think you, you're, you implied something a minute ago that, that I was thinking we talked last week about racism in our lifetime in my lifetime in particular there's been a great improvement in in race relationships and christians i think generally are less racist than they were before i I think i i think i can quantify that among people that i have known in my lifetime yep and so so the, but but it should have always been so. It's it, so we're in a better place in, in in regards to racism than we were 50 years ago. If we had been following the Bible 50 years ago, we would have been where we're supposed to be. Shame so,
0: on us yeah, for not yeah.
1: following the Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but but society has moved us. Maybe I, that was my thinking when I asked the question. Has society helped move us? Move us more in a direction where we should have been anyway. Maybe, maybe in something like that.
0: All right. That's interesting. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the discussion. Kyle, any final thoughts from you?
3: No, it's, uh, it's a good discussion. I think it's, uh, yeah. Our society is trending uh, further and further away from God. It's just, uh, we're going to have to keep having these kinds of discussions.
0: Unfortunately, it's sad that that's a shocking uh, statistic you had there. Less than half of people who claim to be born again Christians think there's an absolute standard. Yeah. They're Unbelievable! Sad, sad, sad. Throw your Bible away if there's no absolute. Throw your Bible away and quit playing around. Just yeah. go follow the world. Let's go fishing. Yeah, Dad. Good discussion. Tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for being a part of the discussion tonight. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired Word the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.